You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Good morning, everyone. We are continuing in our uh, conversation about uh, about prayer, uh, using as a springboard uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel. We were we were last week uh, looking at uh, this essay called "Man's Ultimate Aspiration," and we were focusing on um, uh, this uh, really the second paragraph of it, in which he des- he uh, uh, describes prayer as an act of farming. That you're preparing the seedbed um, uh, as a prerequisite for um, um, for 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 your undertaking of a, uh, of a of a spiritual life of a connection with uh, with God. Right? Prayer is it, prayer is practice. Prayer is like spiritual practice in that regard. So that's what we looked at last week. But I want to move on in the essay a little bit. I mean, it's a related idea that he uh, offers um, because ultimately what he's getting at is that uh, um, at, at least what he's saying in this essay, he says other things in other essays in this book, but that, uh, that one of the major purposes of prayer is to uh, facilitate a close relationship with, with the divine. Um, and, uh, and, and he goes a little bit more specific than that, and so that's what I want to look at today. Not only a relationship with, divine, with the divine, but a, uh, but, a, but a specific kind of relationship. Right, so here's what he says. Um, I'm on page ten in the first uh, whole paragraph there, um, and he uh, and he lays this out I think very clearly. Now, um, for some uh, people, nothing that Heschel lays out is particularly clear. Um, <laughs> maybe overly complicated, but uh, uh, but um, so it's going to maybe uh, uh, come across as a as a simple or simplistic statement. But I think that there's a lot going on. So. Um, Prayer is not a soliloquy. So that's, I just want to stop there for a second, because um, I, I don't know about you, but I often feel like I'm engaged in a soliloquy when I'm, in, when I'm praying. Right? Sometimes I feel like I'm just reading a book, right? And sometimes I feel like I'm just, you know, talking to nobody. Um, and I know that I'm not supposed to say something like that as a rabbi, uh, but uh, but sometimes I'm in that room and I'm and I'm reading the words of the Sidor or and um, and you know I'm never certain if anybody's listening. I'm never certain if anybody's there, and and, um, and uh, I'm never certain if if what I'm saying is worthy of being listened to. Uh, and so often it just feels like I'm you know. What that's disappointing to me because <laughs> really, <Yeah. laughs> I, I really mean, I'm not kidding. I know I'm you're not. Kidding. I know you're not. The fact of the matter is that I believe what I when I pray and I ask God for something, I'm talking to God. Yeah. I mean, I, I, otherwise I don't. I have no feeling about it. I think that's silly. I think I think this this guy is just. Well, I, well, hold I don't on, believe I, that at all. Well, no, no. He said prayer is not a soliloquy. Okay, so I, I'm just saying that uh, that sometimes I sometimes I personally. Not Heschel. I'm not speaking for Heschel. But he has. He, he says. Yeah. But it ah, is. It, okay. is, it, is it a dialogue with God? Right. I know, but I didn't get to that line yet. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that to me is the whole thing. All right. So, but but he, but there's a line after that that I think is really important. But I but I but I hear your your concern, and it can be a concern with me because uh, um, you know I, I I realize that as a rabbi, I'm supposed to say things like, oh, when I pray, you know, I know God's listening to me. Um, but uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that 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 even for I think. 
I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say even for people who are um, holier than I, um, uh, there are times where where you you are engaged in a perfunctory act um, and you're putting forth wor- words into the atmosphere that uh, um, that just kind of hang in the air. But, I mean, soliloquy, soliloquy has an audience. Yes, right? that's I mean, true. They're Hamlet, they're, they're, there's someone listening. It's just a question of whether there's someone who's mm. going to respond. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I thought it was a strange word also. <clears throat> yeah. What, what was he trying, what's he trying to well, say? It's whether there's someone yeah. else on the other side that's yeah. doing something active in response. That's, that's a dialogue. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, but the, but the interesting thing about that is, is from whose perspective, right? So from the audience... From the audience's perspective, the person giving the soliloquy is speaking to them. Speaking to them, and they're and but from the, the I mean the actor uh, from the actor's perspective, he knows the audience is listening too. But from the character's perspective, he thinks that he's just talking to himself. Um, sometimes he thinks. He, sometimes, depending yeah. on the 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 story, he's talking to God or uh, or to you know the ghost of a dead ancestor or something like that. But uh, but so it, I think you're right. But the question: is, Who are you in the drama? Right? Um, uh, and, and are you if you're if you're offering a soliloquy, um, but are doing it with the understanding that there's an audience listening? Then are you an actor? Right, um, and if you are within the drama itself, um, I don't know the the way I, the way I uh, would understand the word is that you're is that you are talking to yourself. Do you have a no? Oh. Um, but the, but it, but it is true, right? So uh, uh, um, you know if uh, if there if there is an audience for your for your monologue. Um, uh, then are you really talking to yourself? Um, but the other problem is that uh, you know the, the audience may respond out of an emotional response. They may laugh or they may cry or they may you know cringe or something like that. Um, but they don't. Uh, but they don't like. Um, uh, um, you know, I never jumped onto the stage and shook Hamlet by the by the lapels and said, you know, stop moping so much. You know. Um, so, so that's the that's the challenge with it being even if it is an audience and there is somebody listening, um, there's not an there's not an actor to respond. Um, I mean, he makes it too difficult. I, 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 to me, when I pray, I'm praying to God. I'm talking to God, and and uh, he, he's I I just don't believe this guy at all. Good. Um, <laughs> um, oh. I think that that's fair, and uh, and and and, uh, and 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 you can do that, and I think Heschel can take it, um, uh, and I, I'm sure he would if he were he still alive today. I'm sure he would uh, uh, love to engage in the conversation Didn't about Kaplan why. Kaplan says the same things to him. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, Mordechai Kaplan vehemently disagreed with Heschel. They had, that's right. Um, there's this great letter at the at the Jewish Museum downtown that uh, that Kaplan sent to Heschel on the occasion of Susanna Heschel's bat mitzvah, and um, and it says, you know, Mazel Tov on your daughter's bat mitzvah. Um, I, you know, coyly, I don't know if you realize that I'm the person who instituted the uh, <laughs> the, the bat mitzvah yeah. ceremony, and um, you know, very like you know, di- slide dig at him. Um, so okay, so but uh, right, prayers not a soliloquy, but is it a dialogue with God? Does man address him as a person, as person to person? And and, and so, what he's not asking there, I don't think, is um, are you talking with God in prayer? 
Um, he's asking, are you having a certain kind of conversation with God? Are you, are you relating to God as a, as a peer? Right? Are you relating to God as a partner in dialogue? Um, are you relating to God the way you would another human, as if Howard was standing in front of me? Right? Is that how I talk to God in prayer? Is that how, how I should talk to God in prayer? It is, and he says no. It is incorrect to describe prayer by analogy with human conversation. That doesn't mean it can't feel like human conversation. Right? It doesn't mean that you can't approach it, but it means that we can't totally understand it that way. Um, we do not communicate with God. That may be the part that you object to, Ralph. Yes, I do. I think yeah. I, I talk to him all the time. And I ask him, I ask him when, when my wife was ill, I talked to him all the time and asked him to take care does, of her. Does God answer? Huh? Does God answer? He certainly has so far. But in in uh, in in the same kind of uh, way that uh, that uh, that another human being would answer no. if you had, no. if you had, so okay. So I think that that's what, that 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 is at least in part what Heschel is saying, right? What Heschel is saying is that the nature of the conversation is 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 at least different than it is if you were talking person to person. Well, that's true. Yeah. Because I know there can be and there can be no answer, except by his action. Right. He took care of my wife. Right. Uh, so the analysis that would be like if you were talking to a king or you were talking to the president of the United States, you wouldn't talk to him like it was your buddy. True, no. you would talk to him in a different Absolutely. way. Absolutely. So this is what he's saying here. He says you're talking to God as a di- in a different way, not like you would well, talk to that part. Is true. I know that God can't answer me. But you would you would imagine even if you were talking to the to the Queen of England or the President of the United States that uh, that that there would be some kind of um, uh, immediate acknowledgement of your presence and maybe a verbal yeah. response. Right, um, so I think that that's what I mean. That's why it can't be described as an analogy because you, uh, you know, unless you you are uh, um, uh, you know totally bound up in a mystical experience. I imagine there's some people who are. It's it's hard to have that that immediate tangible acknowledgement when from Janet, God when of your Janet presence. recovered. Fine, fine, but that's not immediate. That was his answer. Right, that, that's not that's not that you didn't that didn't happen while you were in synagogue. No. Right, um, that didn't happen while you were offering no. the prayer, uh, and and it wasn't right. God didn't uh, didn't shout down from heaven. I hear you, Ralph, and I'm with you, right? Um, I, I'm going to take care of this. No, for um, me, it's a local call. In someone's immortal words, boy, do you have the wrong number. Um, <laughs> so, What's that? There was a joke where it was a local call where someone. What was the? What was I the, forget. That was the punchline. What was the joke? The Ralph, you remember the joke from me? It's a local call. No. So it was from Israel, so it was the local. I call. came up with that. I came up with that. All right. So, um, so that I think is in part what he's saying. Um, that that it, that it is not, at least in that way, the same as a human conversation. Um, but I think he he does take it a step further. You may disagree with sure. this. We do not communicate with God. We only make ourselves communicable to Him. So what does that mean? We only make ourselves communicable to Him. In other words, we... we uh, open up the pathway. You open up that <clears throat> that connection, that line. is open. Whether, you, whether it really is there or not, but you hope to open up that line. Right. <clears throat> right. So it's it's like... Um, uh, uh, there, there are, have you ever... If you ever saw the movie Contact... Um, 
it opens with a you know a, a field of uh, of, of uh, satellite dishes that are listening to remote sounds from the cosmos. They're not really they're not putting out messages into the into the cosmos. They're just they're just working antennas, um, and uh, and they may never receive any actual messages from anywhere else in the universe. Uh, but if the antennas aren't up, they can't receive the messages. So um, uh, my one of uh, one of my teachers, uh, Rabbi Adam Frank, who's a rabbi of uh, uh, Moresha Israel in Jerusalem, um, uh, uh, once described prayer to me that way. He said, "You know, the, prayer is about uh, is about always having the antenna up, right? Being able to listen for God, being able to experience the world um, uh, through uh, through uh, uh, w- with an acknowledgement and awareness of, of God's presence, being able to see." Um, uh, uh, someone's recovery as an act of God and not just a uh, a, um, a, a, a random feature of science or a breakthrough that, of the medicine. That is precisely yeah. right. That's what I asked for, and that's what right. he gave me, and so I know right. he heard me. Right. So what we do in prayer is we is we uh, open the channels, right? We open the pipes. We we put up the satellite dish. We we enable ourselves to to experience and to hear God in our lives. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're using satellite dishes. Heschel would have thought about the uh, operator sitting down at the Bell office, uh, uh, you know, there to place the call for you, not to do anything else. Uh, which mm-hmm. I, you know, the satellite dish is a better analogy, but that wouldn't have been. That, that's true. I mean, right? I'm not suggesting that that's what Heschel would have thought. Um, uh, I'm not sure what he would have. Uh, radio uh, and yeah, radio antenna. Well, radio antenna. Yeah, 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 he had radio. Um, but, yeah, but does that mean the content of the prayer doesn't matter mm. if you're if it's just opening a channel? Well, you tell me. What do you think? Oh, I, I think yeah. the content doesn't matter. I, not, not that it's insignificant or important, but I, I, I think it's not. You, know, you have to use some precise, specific words, or it doesn't count. But that's. I don't know that that's his view. That's yeah. my own personal relationship to prayer. Well, I think Rabbi Stein summed it up. We were uh, listening. He was talking one time, and he said, "Not that you can't pray at home and have that communication back and forth, but coming to the synagogue mm-hmm. <laughs> amplifies it some yeah. way, in some yeah. way. So you do. You go. That you come here." And you pray in hopes that it that there's that there that somebody's listening, and maybe there's a there there's a possibility that you will feel something. Not every time, maybe not one in a thousand times, but maybe as you're waiting, it will happen. And, and it was very interesting. And then somehow it happened to me. So it was it was very interesting that you didn't realize that that was the no, thought. You know, it, it, we're confusing. I think the metaphor of the antenna listening dish versus the the amplification that comes from a lot of voices being together in one place and the sending dish and what does the communicable uh, mean I think that uh, it, for me that the sense that he's saying right now <clears throat> is talking about the channel out yeah um, although so, yeah. so then I guess Kevin's question um, uh, still stands, which is, um, how does the liturgy make you uh, that kind of channel, right? How does the, how does uh, how does the prayer service open it's like up? Dialing to the right, you know, to the right frequency. Yeah. So okay, but 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 why specifically the prayers that we have? Right? How does it work? Well, I mean, in, in, I mean, Heschel, that's the shoemaker, right? That it's it's that practice and and sort of uh, you know, repetition that even, even if it's not necessary, it gets you. 
engaged. Well, no. So, but here's the thing about the, the thing about the shoemaker was, if you remember that essay, which I think was the first essay of Heschel's that we looked at together. What I remember from that, I have to go back and look at. It, but what I remember from it is that the is that the essence of the prayer was the sigh, right? Um, um, was um, no, sorry. Right, it, was, right. Yeah. It, was, it was the idea that ju- just the just the sigh and not go doing the formal prayers would get you out of the habit. Mm. And I thought in that one he was saying you should you should do the structure you know, for that purpose. But mm-hmm. it's a it's a different yeah. Point, but, yeah. So okay, so I think you're right. Um, uh, so that means that uh, um, that that uh, that the that the, the, the set liturgy um, uh, uh, in, enables the the the. Pathway to to constantly remain open, right? And if you if you uh, uh, waited for the time to strike you, or the right mood to strike you, or the language to strike you, um, uh, you know, you may you may miss the signals when they're coming in because your satellite dish. May, you may never build the the antenna. You may never build the satellite dish. Um, so, but so but the. The, the, the deeper question of that is, okay, fine, then why specifically the prayers that we have, right? You could, you could say Jewish law says we meditate without words three times a day, right? Would that be the same thing? Right? And if so, then, then, then why do I need to say the Amida? Why do I need to say the Shema? Why do I need to bow here and stand here and, and all of that? Um, uh, right, so... Um, um, so the the how of what Heschel's saying is what frustrates me. I'm not sure how this works specifically, but um, prayer. And then he goes forward and he says something that I think complicates that. Yeah. Prayer is an emanation of what is most precious in us toward Him. In other words, um, sometimes the the words of the Sidor are not an emanation of what's most precious in us. I mean, collectively us maybe, right? But us as individuals maybe not. Um, the outpouring of the heart before him. It is not a relationship between person and person, between subject and subject, but an endeavor to become the object of his thought. Right? Um, uh, so, uh, prayer puts us, to mix, mix our metaphors here, which is fine because Heschel does it too, um, to prayer makes, puts us on God's radar screen. And if we didn't, Stanley. That really does sound like what Ralph is saying. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So you don't disagree with him. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I, he reminds me of a joke. There was a great junk dealer in Harrisburg, one of the greatest junk dealers in the United States at that time. And he had wonderful service with the Bell Telephone Company. One day he did not get the service that he thought he was entitled to. And he told the operator to go to hell. At which point, they took his service away immediately. He went to the president of Beltel, who was then in Harrisburg, and he pleaded with him, telling him he, he would have killed his business. And, the, and the, the president said, well, you go and apologize to the uh, operator. And in a, in a chauffeur-driven limousine, he went down to the place where the operator was. He asked to point her out to him, and he walked over... He said, are you the operator when I told to go to hell? He said, yes, sir, Mr. Michaelitz, I am. He said, well, don't go. <laughs> Did he get a service back? Um, True story. <laughs> so, um, so just to... Um, 
because he goes a little bit deeper with this idea of, of being on God's radar screen and what that and what that means and why we do it. Um, so if you if you um, uh, look uh, toward the uh, end of this next paragraph, it says the purpose of prayer is to be brought to His attention, to be listened to, to be understood by Him. So I, I just want to pause it for a second. Um, uh, and 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 just point out this is not a prayer statement, um, but it's a it's a human statement. It turns out um, that uh, um, that people's um, uh, two most ba- I mean aside from like you know food and things like that, but um, their two most basic needs um, uh, uh, turn out to be the need to be listened to and the need to feel understood. And when a person feels listened to and, and understood um, by someone, um, uh, lots of the of the pains and anxieties of of living melt away. Um, I was always heard that they had that and the need to be loved. The need to be loved. Oh, but I think loved um, might be a uh, um, you know sort of what we call a, a, a constellation of right because within love is is I think the responsibility to listen to and to understand. Um, although some people who we love aren't always great at that, but uh, um, uh, and some people who we love were not very good at that uh, uh, in their direction. But I think it should be part of the constellation. But I think you're right. Um, and I think it's unconditional love that they felt. But anyway, yeah, no. But so I think you're I think you're right. Right, and and, and also right the the, the need for um, for uh, uh, to not be alone for companionship um, uh, is uh, it, it, uh, if you're on a people who are stuck on a desert island with uh, with with as much food and shelter and uh, and and water uh, everything that they need physically to survive they still won't survive if there's no other person on the island it's why Tom Hanks had to make that friend out of a volleyball right and then why ultimately he got off the island right um, he didn't have enough food and stuff like that but um, but the but the but the but the important the essence of that is that he needed companionship, right? What he needed more than food was companionship. And that's, I think, what Heschel's also saying about the, the nature of prayer, right? Prayer is, um, uh, he goes in the next paragraph, we'll skip ahead just a little bit, but um, uh, uh, there is no human misery more strongly felt than the state of being forsaken by God. Nothing is so terrible as rejection by him. It is horror to live deserted by God and effaced from his mind. Uh, and then the last paragraph, God is not alone when discarded by man, but man is alone. Right? And we pray, in part, to not be that uh, um, ontologically alone, as uh, uh, Soloveitchik would, would, would have described it. So that's a piece of it. But, but the other is, right, uh, not only to have the, 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 to feel like you're not alone in, in the cosmos, but uh, to feel listened to and understood. To know, not to know him, but to be known to him. To praise, to behold life, not only as a result of his power, but as a concern of his will. Or to strive to make our life a divine concern. For the ultimate aspiration of man is not to be a master, but an object of his knowledge. To live in the light of his countenance. To become a thought of God. This is the true career of man. I just want to go a little bit forward. But are we worthy of being known? of entering into his mercy, of being a matter of concern to him. It seems as if the meaning of prayer lies in man's aspiration to be thought of by God as one who is thinking of him. Man waxes in God when serving the sacred, and wanes when he betrays his task. Man lives in his mind 
when he abides, when he abides, man lives in his mind when he abides in man's life. Right? So this, I think, is, uh, this is how I'm interpreting this, and this is why I think our liturgy specifically um, uh, works. Because what our liturgy tries to do is communicate those things that God stands for in human existence. Right? That God invites us to do. The things that we have, uh, that our people have considered to be the most important values that we have and want to pass on. The tasks that we see as being most sacred to engage in in the world. Right? Um, we talk about God in our prayer service as, as, a, as a lover, as a companion, as someone who does justice, as someone who uh, raises up the downtrodden, someone who clothes the naked and feeds the hungry, etc. Right? And, and so I think that part of what Heschel's saying here is that the way we become communi- communicable to God, the way we, we, be, we get put on God's radar screen is that we bring God into our lives, right? We um, we we uh, we serve the sacred, right? And prayer is our is a regular reminder to serve the sacred. And when we serve the sacred, God is always with us. God is always present. God is, uh, and and we are therefore also in God's mind too. Um, so. Does it solve the problem of uh, of, of whether God uh, uh, you know r- grants all the requests of prayer? It doesn't necessarily solve that problem. Uh, maybe makes it more problematic. Does it uh, uh, does it you know solve the the, the feeling of uh, uh, that some of us have, even though some of us may not, um, that uh, that that uh, that our prayers go unanswered? Um, maybe. Um, but what I think it does is it offers a a, a sense of of. Um, uh, um, what we're striving to accomplish when we when we pray, right? Not only the fulfillment of of the things that we uh, that we need in in um, uh, in in our lives, but uh, but the fulfillment of a deeper need, which is the the need to be uh, uh, be to feel that we are in that we are in God's thoughts, to feel that we are in God's consciousness, to feel that we are acting in the world in a way that makes us worthy of being in God's consciousness, um, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and to uh, feel like we are at the very least um, known by and understood by uh, a power greater than ourselves. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, a wonderful time with uh, with, with your family. I'm uh, very thankful uh, always for the opportunity to uh, to, to study and uh, just generally to be in your presence and to be friends with you. And uh, I know I'll be thinking about that uh, a lot over the next couple of days. Uh, and I wish you and your family a wonderful holiday. Oh, Happy Thanksgiving.